0: I'm Jason Palmer, one of the hosts of The Intelligence, The Economist's daily current affairs podcast. The Economist's award-winning shows make sense of what matters. From our special series on China's president to our weekly podcasts on business, technology, and American politics, our journalists provide fair, in-depth reporting on the events shaping the world. Search for Economist Podcasts Plus and sign up to our free one-month trial. It's time to say goodbye to hold music and say hello to fast customer support with Service Cloud. With trusted AI and data working together, you can skip long wait times and deliver efficient, personalized service right away. All while keeping support costs low and more customers happy. Reimagine your customer support with the number one AI CRM for service. Learn what's possible at Salesforce.com/products/service. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I share my recent guest appearance on the Hacking HR Podcast, where we discuss leadership and the future of work.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. One of the topics that we and I myself love covering in the conversations that we have with our guests is everything related to leadership and how that conversation or leadership influences the evolution of work and the workforce, and particularly because of all that's going on and all the changes that are happening in the workplace and at work today. And we are going to have a conversation around leadership today with somebody who has been in the space of management, teaching, academic research, organizational development and culture for a long time, an award-winning, best-selling author. And he's been working in the nonprofit area, community, association boards, committees. So, John, welcome to the show. I am excited to have you with me today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be with you today.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I am. I know you do a lot of research and thinking about all things that, ha, that are related to leadership. And I want to begin by asking you, over the past 18 months uh, or right now, probably more, 20 months because of the pandemic. What are the most significant things that you have seen changing in the world of leadership pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, and the changes that you expect to be sustainable over time because of the pandemic?
0: Well, certainly some of the, the patterns, the trends, the trajectories that we saw in the nature of work that were already taking place pre-pandemic have only accelerated during the pandemic. And so leaders have had to develop their competencies and capabilities around a variety of core areas. We can kind of get into that in a minute if you want, Uh, ultimately if they're going to be prepared for the future of work. And that hasn't changed, it's only been accelerated instead of looking maybe 10 plus years out Mm -hmm. to some of these changes really taking hold. Now we're kind of right in the middle of it, or there, we're right on the precipice of some of these types of uh, changes occurring in the nature of our organizations, the nature of work and the very tasks that our people perform. Uh, so really, we need leaders to be even more competent in terms of interdisciplinarity and multidisciplinary multidisciplinarity. We need uh, leaders that are more competent and capable in dealing with technology as it uh connects with their people to be able to lead effectively distributed workforce, you know, with teams, not geographically bound, but all over the world. Uh, We've seen that, of course, uh, accelerate uh, substantially over the course of the pandemic. Uh, One of the things that I have seen, though, in particular, over these past 18 plus months is really the need for more empathy, more genuine caring, and a servant leadership mentality as it comes back to how we lead our people. This, this has been a, a challenging time for everybody. Yeah. And the, the organizations that have, done, that have done very well, that have been able to continue to leverage the capacities of their people, uh, have been those that have been more supportive of their people, uh, those that have been able to show empathy and compassion and provide their people with the flexibility needed as well as the support and the resources needed to be successful. Um, that's always been the case. Empathy's always been important, but it's even more important now than it's yeah. ever been. And it will continue to play an increasing level of importance moving into the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, John, w- one thing that, um, you know, we always ask ourselves, what are the new things that we need to be relevant to continue to, uh, you know, move our organizations and our workforce forward? And, and one question that that is not asked enough is what are the things that we should stop doing that have prevented us for from you know actually delivering the the a great experience at work and creating great opportunities for our uh, for our workforce so let me ask you if if there were one or two things that you would think we should stop doing altogether In the world of leadership, in order for us to be able to move forward, what would those one or two things be?
0: Yeah, great question. I suppose there's probably a lot of different things that we could think about, uh, but one that I think is particularly relevant right now is that we just need to stop with the micromanaging, the power control issues, uh, and this notion that people need to put FaceTime in at the office. Uh, if nothing has been clear over the past 18 months, it's it's that we can be very productive from home. We can work virtually um, or in some sort of a hybrid arrangement and we don't need a boss checking in on us constantly. We don't need them breathing down our neck and we don't need them constantly trying to uh, see what we're doing in order for us to be productive. And in fact, the opposite is true when we can be given Uh, responsibilities empowered to do that work, given the resources to to do it well and the autonomy to decide how we're going to go about doing it, when we're going to do it, et cetera, um, productivity goes up. Uh, We've seen huge productivity gains over the past 18 plus months for most segments of workers. And that I believe has come because more and more organizations have, and leaders have been forced to provide that autonomy yeah. due to the pandemic and due to people working virtually or in a hybrid arrangement. The question remains though, once you know the pandemic is under control, people get vaccinated, more and more people go back to the workplace, will leaders revert back to old patterns, old mm-hmm. habits, or will they continue to allow people the flexibility needed, the autonomy- uh, to decide how they're going to go about doing their work uh, focus more on outcomes rather than the process and uh, what people are doing to get to those final outcomes. Uh, I, I think that's going to be essential as we move forward
1: yeah absolutely and that's a, that's a big question that I hope we we can respond with you know with all the certainty in the world which is we hope that we don't go back to the old ways of doing things and um, that you know we, we continue to embrace the the ideas, the the lessons learned, and the practices that we have embraced over the past 20 months to, uh, you know, continue to do the right thing for our workplaces and our workforce. You know, HR is sitting at a very interesting uh, intersection, because on the one hand, they are dealing with uh, all approach to leadership and management, and there are leaders and there are managers. Who want to go? Who want to go back to the way things were before? But on the other hand, HR and I'm hoping that they are seeing some of the possibilities of new ways of working, new ways of leading, and and new ways of ban- managing. So let me ask you: for those that are at that intersection between the competing values of the old ways of doing things and the new ways of doing things, what's your message to them? How can they balance? Not even balance. How can they push for the new things, also giving a little bit of understanding to? the reasons why some people don't want to let go the way they were doing this before.
0: I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb Yeah, we we just need to be very clear, open, and direct with our people about uh, what our expectations are for them, why we have those expectations, and uh, how they're going to be held accountable moving into the future. And so if if we have uh, people who really are just longing to get back to the way things were uh, and revert back to old patterns, old approaches uh, that have been shown to be less effective, less productive, uh, then then we need to work with them and coach them and mentor them and help them understand uh, what we're doing, why we're doing it and what they're going to be expected to do moving into the future. Uh, If we can be clear about that, very direct about that and developmental in our approach to providing the feedback to them so that we can help support them in getting there, provide trainings when necessary, have those those feedback and coaching sessions, etc. If we can do that, uh, then I think most people, the vast majority of people uh, who are resistant uh, to moving into the future and, and adopting the technologies and doing those sorts of things, the vast majority of those people will adjust, they'll adapt, they'll, they'll be productive members of our team moving forward. And for those that really, really just can't wrap their head around it, they can't move um, into the future, uh, then they'll have a choice to make. Uh, they yeah. they'll know the expectations. They'll know what they need to do. We'll help them get there, but they'll have to decide whether or not they're going to do it. And if they're not going to do it, then uh, they probably should go find another opportunity at a place where they're going to be better aligned with, you know, their their interests, their their uh, skills, their uh, their desires moving forward for their career.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What what do you think are the um... If you were to say, you know, one, two, maybe three skills that you say, you know, we got to focus on these two, three things to get our leaders ready for this new world of work. And I wish, by the way, that um, not only had we asked ourselves this question way before the pandemic, but for those who actually did ask this question before, I wish they had been uh, heard uh, because... You know, in many industries, a lot of people were saying these things will happen. It may take a little bit of extra time, but it will happen. And then suddenly the pandemic hit and all of those changes that some of us thought were going to take 10 years to take place happened, basically, you know, compressed in a 20 months or even less uh, sort of time frame. So anyway, going back to the question of what do you think are going to be the, you know, one, two, three skills that the leaders of the future will need to embrace, whether learn, relearn, in order to be effective in the new reality of work?
0: Yeah, I mean, we really need to adopt um, more of a growth and abundance mindset Mm -hmm. as we approach our teams. And part of that is just dealing with uncertainty. Uh, Mm -hmm. Certainly, the, the world is complex, messy, and uncertain, and it, that, it's been that way before, but we, we see that even more clearly now and moving into the new world of work where disruptive technologies are going to continue to interrupt the way we do things. It's going to displace some workers. It's going to replace some jobs, create new jobs. Entire careers are going to shift in, in what they do and what their focus is. In order to deal with all of that, then we need as leaders to first and foremost, be able to model for our teams that growth and abundance mindset and lean into the uncertainty, the complexities and the messiness. Uh, So that would be, I think, number one. From there, of course, we need to up our skills related to technology and our abilities to to, uh, work with those disruptive technologies that are at play within our particular industries, within our particular profession, and if we, can't, uh, if we can't stay up to speed with that, we're going to become obsolete very quickly. And so yeah. we as leaders need to, of course, up our skills. We need to help our people up their skills as well to make sure that they can stay competitive, that they can stay relevant in the future of work. And I mentioned it earlier, but I think also this idea of interdisciplinarity, transdisciplinarity, um, we, we need to break down silos. We need in, in this uncertain future, Uh, we need to be able to better uh, bridge the gap between disparate functional areas of the organization, different knowledge areas, and ultimately, you know, if we want to innovate and stay competitive in a hyper-competitive global marketplace, we need to be able to talk the language of the, the complexity and we can only do that as we can pull together different areas, different disciplines, um, different functional components of the business to drive success for our teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, two to, out of all the things that you said, um, which I fully align with, there, there are a couple of them that I think are very powerful. One of them is helping people manage chaos and, and you know, thrive in chaos. And, and disruption and transformation and whatnot. And and I like using the word chaos because the world is a messy place and it will only become more messy and more chaotic as different things happen, you know, climate change, political uh, tra- transitions and, and economic instability. And I'm hoping that our leaders understand that change is the name of the game and very often change. In a, in a pretty chaotic uh, sort of way. And the second thing is this idea of connecting dots that sometimes are seemingly disconnected, but then to be able to connect them in a way that makes sense for the business is just so powerful. And and one thing that I always uh, sort of bring up today to HR is you gotta be able, if you wanna be a leader and you wanna be effective as a leader, you gotta be able to do this well. You have to step out of the cocoon of HR stuff, and you got to get yourself into worlds that are, you know, previously unknown to HR, the world of technology, marketing, sales, branding, you know, you just name it, right, and and get yourself into that world and connect the dots between HR and those worlds, and then you're going to be able to be way more um, effective. So, John, let me ask you this last question as we get ready to uh, wrap up our conversation. This new world of war is very complex for leaders. And there's a lot of stuff being demanded from them, a lot of changes going on. If there was one thing that you would tell uh, HR and business leaders in general, if there was one thing that they could be focusing on in the short term to prepare themselves for not only what's going on right now, but for the accelerated changes that we will see down the road, what would that thing be? What, What would that one area? be, that can help them, you know, get ready today by focusing on that one thing?
0: Yeah, I would say, again, it comes back to growth and abundance mindset. Uh, I, I would say focus on your own development. Mm. Uh, there's never been a more important time for you to focus on your own reskilling and upskilling and your own personal development as a leader, uh, as it relates to these various competencies we've been discussing, and also focus on the development of your team, of your people, uh do an inventory of skills and competencies and, and help your people identify uh, where some of those gaps might currently exist and help them establish a plan for, for their, their reskilling and upskilling efforts over the next year. Uh, if you can do that for yourself and for your team, I think you'll be in good position uh, to be able to pivot and adapt as things continue to shift.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that recommendation and all of your insights. So John, thank you so much for spending this time with me in the podcast. Great conversation, great insights for not only for leaders, but for those who are helping develop uh, leaders that are aligned with all that's going on and ready to be effective in this new reality of work. So thank you so much, John.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to interacting with any of your listeners.